Does how we pray or even what we pray for matter? Hi, welcome to this service from St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. As always, we'd be delighted to hear from you, so please take a moment to say hello in the comments or share any prayer requests that you might have. For those of you interested in booking a place for the service in St Ninian's on Sunday the 23rd of May, that's next week, please phone Yvonne this week on 077-61-404010. That's 077-61-404010. And today I'm delighted to hand over to Anne and to Yvonne to lead our worship. Both of them took part in the Presbytery of Hamilton's Word and Worship course and have been a brilliant help in contributing to the worship of our community. I'm really looking forward to what Yvonne has to say to us today and Anne will lead our prayers and firstly read our passage from the Bible for us. Our reading today is taken from John chapter 17 verses 6 to 19. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I come from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them. And not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong in the world, just as I do not belong in the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth.
Good morning. I'm Yvonne, and I'm one of the elder Shane's minions. It would seem that I've drawn the short straw to write about the reading that Anne read for us this morning, giving Stuart a well-earned break. I want to start off with a question, and the question is this. What does prayer mean to you? For some of us, it's a time of quiet meditation. To others, it's an opportunity to bear their soul, an emotional outpouring. Some are short and to the point, others rambles on for what seems like eternity. For many people, praying doesn't come easy. Prayer is really important to me. I think that there is a tremendous power in prayer. And that power isn't just in the comforting nature that comes from having someone pray for you or with you when you're in need. There is a real power in prayer. A power that goes far beyond a simple recitation of words. How and for what we pray reveals a lot about us. At a very deep level, our prayer describes our worldview. It describes our life, relationships, priorities and concerns. It manifests our view of the spiritual journey and its purpose. Ultimately, our prayer reveals our understanding of who God is and how God relates to creation and humanity. If we view God as angry and judgmental, we'll pray in particular ways and for particular things. This prayer will be very different from one which views God as loving, compassionate and caring. Again, if our image of God is one which God is keeping score of our life and handing out rewards or punishments based upon our score, then we will pray in a particular way. Or maybe we see God as the one who is to fix everything, change outcomes and give good gifts. If that is our image of God, then our prayer becomes one of sending God our wish list, along with examples of our good behaviour. The concept of the relationship between our prayer and our beliefs is sometimes referred to as Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi. The law of prayer is the law of belief. We tend to pray what we believe. If you had the opportunity to listen to someone pray or honestly describe their life of prayer, you would, over time, begin to see what that person believes about the world, about others, about themselves and about God. You would learn about their life, their relationships, fears, joys and their sorrows. You would discover their image of and their relationship to God. Well, guess what? Today, we were given just that opportunity. Today, through our reading from John's Gospel, we were given the opportunity to overhear a portion of Jesus' prayer to his father. 
This prayer is sometimes referred to as Jesus' high priestly prayer or the farewell prayer and it's Jesus' longest recorded prayer. It takes place on the night of the Last Supper. Supper has been eaten, feet have been washed and Jesus has taught his disciples. Judas has left the table, the betrayal has begun and now Jesus looks to heaven in prayer to his Father, to our Father. So what do we discover and learn from Jesus' prayer? Well, we learn that Jesus prays for us. He doesn't pray for himself in the upcoming Passion. He prays for us, we, his disciples. We are his priority and concern. His prayer reveals his love, loyalty and commitment to his people. We are possessed by the Father who gives us to Jesus. Jesus, in his prayer, offers us back to his Father. We are the gift exchanged between the Father and the Son. Our identity, origin and life are grounded in this unity of sharing and giving between the Father and the Son. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. Jesus prays this in verse 10. We are an intimate part of the relationship between Jesus and his Father. Our possession with the Father does not, however, remove us from the risks of life in the world. In fact, Jesus explicitly states, that he's not asking the Father to remove us from the world. Instead, he's sending us into the world just as he was sent into the world by his Father. The world does not necessarily refer to creation. In John's Gospel, the word world is used almost as a code word for the forces and ways of being and living that oppose and struggle against God. Jesus' prayer of sending reveals that we are to live in the midst of that struggle and are to follow his way of life and reveal his presence in the world. He trusts us to do this. The world in which we live is a dangerous place. Yes, there is a lot of good in it and a lot to be thankful for but there is also a lot that if we could, we would get rid of. Suffering, injustice, exploitation, corruption. But the world Jesus knows is a dangerous place. And so he asks the Father's protection in the midst of this struggle. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one and we are one. He prays this. In verse 11. Biblically, a name is more than just a label. It carries with it the person's presence, characteristics, qualities and attributes. Jesus is asking that we be protected by the the Father's divine attributes. Things like love, mercy, forgiveness, compassion, justice, beauty, Generosity. 
The focus is not so much on our physical protection, but on the protection of the heart. That deep place which God resides in humanity. That place in which humanity and divinity are united. It's the place from which we too can exhibit the divine attributes. Jesus' prayer is 26 verses long. And had we read on further this morning, then we would have heard how Jesus prayed for something else. He prayed for unity. Verses 22 and 23 say, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. After his ascension, the disciples were united in prayer. Unity exists through prayer. Jesus prayed for unity and the disciples prayed together to draw upon the only source of power that they had before they received the Holy Spirit prayer. Christ's unity still exists today. And we see that through groups like Christian Aid, where men and women from different denominations come together to do God's work, both in communities and globally. But in order for unity to be successful, we have to learn to work together in the things that we are to do. After all, are we not better together? Are we not stronger when working in combination with each other, in unity with one another? We've learned during this pandemic that there are many good agencies, charities and groups that bear rich fruit within society and at a time when society has clearly been in trouble. Food banks, COVID response groups, community groups, all connecting with one another, all uniting with one another. We've seen so much kindness, love and compassion in our communities People coming together to care for those who are the most vulnerable. Jesus' prayer is that we become one body with love, intimacy, giving, mutuality, respect and dignity, just as he and God are one. If this is Christ's prayer for us, then how can we pray anything less for each other? and for ourselves. If this is Christ's prayer for our life, his disciples, then it begs a response, not just from God, but from us. Every prayer asks not just a divine response, but also a human response. If that's true, then what is our response? Wherever we love, offer mercy or act with compassion, we have answered Jesus' prayer. Because you see, every moment of our life is an opportunity to answer the prayer of Jesus. We speak to God when we pray and in return, he touches, embraces, shapes and changes us through the gifts that he gives us. Then it's up to us to use those gifts wisely and for the benefit of others 
and for the benefit of the world that we live in. There are many times when we can't manage this on our own. Many times when we need to ask for help. When we need to work together as one. When we need to be united. When we need to function as a unit. As one body. To have the oneness Jesus is praying for requires having God's heart. It takes love for one another. It takes an unselfishness. It takes submission and it takes humility. But when we live this way, God in heaven is on display through us. I want to finish where I started when I said that how and for what we pray can reveal a lot about us. My hope for us is that we pray for oneness, for unity like a beautiful skilled orchestra. That we pray we would be quick to resolve our disputes, differences and hurts. That we would know the vastness of God's forgiveness of us and that we would forgive one another like that. That we would pray that our love would be so deep. As Jesus has loved us, so we are to love one another. And I pray that the world would catch a glimpse of God in us. Amen. Let us pray. O God, Easter seems so long ago. It seems an age since we greeted you, fresh from the tomb. Met you behind locked doors or walked on the beach with you. How quickly we forget the joy and the reality of your risen presence in our world. God, we need you in all our woundedness to draw alongside us and those we love. We need you to remind us that miracles do happen and that resurrection is possible. As we look on death and destruction throughout the world, may we not turn away, but focus too on your living, giving hope and your life and death and resurrection. Lord, you came into the world to love the world and to make all things new. May we see your renewing love at work, and may we be channels of that work, loving and serving, healing and renewing, called by your witness to life in all its fullness. So remind us daily of your risen power, confront us with miracles, surround us with angels, all those who selflessly give their lives to others. And wherever you call us, may we be willing to serve you by bringing your glory, making your risen presence known in all the world. And in the words you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
So as we go, enjoy and gratitude with the care of Jesus and the companionship of the Holy Spirit. Let's go out into the world and share that love and joy with everyone who we meet. We go with the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit with us this day and always. Amen. Thank you.